0: do you know about voice actors? Go on, tell me. And don't tell me anything that you've romanticized or assumed. Tell me what you know. Coming up shy? Well, consider this. Wherever there are voice actors, writers aren't far. I think we can all agree that writers are psychopaths. What other kind of personality profile would spend their lives bringing people to life just to toy with them and murder them? Okay? Readers might be psychopaths, but most of them are just curious. Like rubberneckers at a train crash. But voice actors? (laughs) That's a special breed of bonkers. It's not enough for them to read about murderers and victims and people who die miserable and alone. No, voice actors want to become the murderer. They want to become the victim. They want to become the people that die miserable and alone. And they want to do it all as believably as possible. Are voice actors psychos like writers? Who knows? But they share the same ingredients. The same things that make writers channel all kinds of grief. Fear, rage, and violence through something other than federal crime. And sometimes, like the serial killer who tries to sublimate through hunting wild animals, the substitution isn't enough. Especially when it comes to revenge. Four Beds Four sets of handcuffs, four voice actors, one room. Oh, and four migraines. The sedative was potent. It was in the veins of all four parties. But it was also formulated with fiendish precision so that all four people would wake up at the same time. Where am I? It could have been an entry in the Guinness Book of World Records, getting four people to groan, Where am I? In unison. Despite their personal habits and conditions, they each knew they were someplace unfamiliar before they opened their eyes. Maybe it was the smell of rank and rotting carpet, the bubbling hum of flies, the harsh buzz of fluorescent lights. Bed frames rang out when each set of handcuffs exercised resistance. They were each cuffed, one wrist to each bed.
1: Okay, joke's over.
0: Jesse Brown was the first to speak.
1: Is that you, Jesse?
0: Came the voice of Jonathan West. Two silent parties, Eric and Nick, recognized both voices. Eric's eyes began scanning the room as soon as he could see straight. He was in a bed. The sheets looked, and smelled, like they hadn't been changed since the Nixon administration. He noted that his was the only bed with sheets printed with spiders. Jesus, he hated spiders. His bed was lined up with three others to his left and right, so that everyone's feet faced an old television set. You know, whatever came before flat screens that countless grandparents fell asleep in front of. A bed? A real bed? drifted the voice of Nick Goroff to Eric's side.
1: Nick? Nick, is that you, man?
0: Eric asked.
1: All right, who all is here?
0: Jesse Brown called out.
1: Eric Peabody, said Eric. Jonathan West,
0: said Jonathan. Me, said Nick.
1: Does anyone have the slightest clue where
2: we are?
0: Jesse said. It's insulated.
2: And holy crap, is that climate control I feel? Can I
0: shit somewhere other than a
2: bucket? This is tip-top.
0: Nick remarked. But his neighbors disagreed. The more their eyes rolled about the room, the more it was apparent they were in a hotel room. Judging by the wallpaper falling off the walls like a hammered barfly's dress, the topography of the carpet where water pooled in spots, and the spasmolytic lighting, this hotel was anything but maintained. The television at their feet snapped on, the screen was filled with the head and shoulders of a silhouette. Its voice felt like a creeping tide of black mold. Hello, voice actors.
1: We're not voice actors,
0: barked Jonathan West in his worst liar's voice.
3: Oh, really? Perhaps I need to clean the camera lens, because I am most definitely sure that I see Nikorov, the winner of Evil Idol 2016. And that looks like Jonathan West, the winner of Evil Idol 2017. Oh, can it be? Is that Evil Idol 2018 winner Jesse Brown? Sure looks like it. And how could we forget Evil Idol 2019 second place runner-up, Eric Peabody?
1: Look, there's been some kind of mistake.
0: Eric shot back.
1: You obviously intended to bring the winners here, and I didn't even win Evil Idol. I'm just the host of Horror Hill. So how about we let bygones be bygones, and you let me go? Shut up and listen closely,
3: all of you. One thing is for certain, you're all voice actors, and you are all voted winners of your craft. You grew up in a world of people who break their backs to make ends meet. All you have to do is open your mouths and the world hands itself to you. I think that's a smidge unfair. I think we need to have an evil idol contest with more stringent rules. So we're going to find
0: out if your brains and your
3: hands are as quick as your
0: mouths. Eric Peabody mustered his best heavy metal harsh voice.
1: Hey! I just said I didn't win Evil Idol 2019, and you just said you wanted the winners. That would be a certain Luis Bermudez. He belongs in this sick arrangement, not me.
3: Mr. Bermudez is presently working on a Toonami anime show. He's the only one of you with a real voice acting job, and as such, he's indisposed. Also, anime is awesome, so I've decided to let him live. Shit.
0: Eric grunted. Jesse Brown picked up on Eric's angle like a fumbled football and tried to run with it.
1: Wait, wait. I have a wife and kids. I'm sure whatever you've got planned here is great and all, but my family, they need their family, man.
0: The television switched to a recorded video of Jesse's wife and children. They were waving with larger-than-life smiles. His wife spoke first.
4: Jesse, they aren't telling me what kind of opportunity you landed, but it sounds like the windfall we've always needed. The representative says that by the time you're done, you'll be able to buy a private island.
1: And a Nintendo Switch. Ooh, I want a Nintendo Switch.
0: The kids chimed in. The camera zoomed in on his wife.
4: Oh, and they explained the part about you being gone for months. I can totally accept that. Don't waste time talking to me about it. Just do what you have to do. Me and the kids will manage. You have our blessing. Goodbye and good luck. Go get him, honey. Bye, Dad. We love you. Bye-bye, Daddy. Love you. Bye, Dad. I love you. Give me a Nintendo Switch.
0: The silhouette glitched back to the television screen. It seems there
3: aren't any major legal or moral caveats for me to think about, so let's get started. Let's find out who the real, evil idol is. Maybe someone might even
0: survive. The hotel room creaked open. A large something was wheeled in by two gaunt figures dressed as old-timey bell hearts. It could have been a dinner cart piled high with tasty dishes. It could have been a defibrillator. It was covered with a tarp. The bellhops didn't linger after their mysterious delivery was complete. A place like this could be a real fire hazard, couldn't it,
3: gentlemen? It's a good thing we have the sprinkler
0: system. Four nozzles lowered, one above each bed, revealing at least three feet of pipe each. There was a sound like an air system kicking on. A distant whoosh, gentle serpentine flames licked at the ends of the sprinkler nozzles. Oops. It looks like this room was set up backward. Here's what's going to happen. Unless you can get the keys to the handcuffs from the storage unit under that tarp, you gentlemen will be incinerated. Getting free of the beds will test your brawn the keys will test your brains." The flames grew longer, now with cerulean blue heads and bright orange tails. I'm wasting your time. You really should get busy. The sadistic jailer didn't have to elaborate. All four voice actors commenced thrashing, writhing, grunting, and cursing as they wrestled to free their one hand. Wrists and fingertips became bloody and raw in seconds. The heat from the sprinklers swelled enough to draw beads of sweat. Jesse Brown's victory cry cut through the air. Ha
1: ha! I did it! I'm free! Hold on, guys!
0: He dashed to the storage container and threw off the tarp. Sitting on a dining cart was a large glass aquarium that was sealed all around, except for a hole, just large enough for one arm to slip through. The rim of the glass looked razor sharp. In the corner furthest from Jesse was a ring of keys sitting on a mechanically operated trap door, but that's not what he saw first. The aquarium was full of spiders. They were unlike anything he had ever seen. Their bodies were the size of sparrows, and that wasn't counting their long spiky legs. And never mind the large black fishing hooks they had for fangs that each rubbed together as they regarded Jesse as if he were a sandwich.
2: Oh, hell no.
0: He said. The other three prisoners barraged Jesse with gibbering chants.
1: Get the keys! Get the keys! Get the keys! Keys! keys. 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 You can't just let us roast!
0: Nick squealed.
1: I don't know. I'm starting to think I can.
0: Jesse replied.
2: What about those lights on the side of the card?
0: Nick replied. Jesse looked. There was indeed a small boxy panel with two lights and a series of instructions green and red. Get the right sequence or your friends are dead. Unless you're feeling brave and you want to tangle with fangs. There was a helpful key to the correct sequence of the colors to press. There was only one problem.
1: I'm colorblind. Quick, tell me what the key
2: sequence says.
0: Jesse shrieked.
2: I can't see it from here.
0: Nick protested. Jesse desperately pursed the buttons at random. The panel kept giving him the raspberry sound that his old Simon Says toy used to make. Jesse shook his head and plunged his hand into the hole in the side of the glass. His skin burned from the scrape of glass and his blood trickled down the clear surface underneath his arm. This frenzied the spiders. Their fangs hooked into his arm as soon as his fingers hooked around the keys. His entire forearm felt like it was on fire inside and out. The hole in the glass was suddenly more snug than it was two seconds ago. Jesse rushed over to his friends. Flames licked the back of his neck as he fumbled the keys and each set of cuffs with shaking hands. Only in his periphery did he notice how swollen his arm was. The instant the last set of cuffs had fallen off, the nozzle spewed wicked gouts of fire. The four friends patted out burning sleeves and shirt tails. Congratulations, you're still alive. The voice of the captor came from the television. The nozzles were then just dead smoking pipes. Jonathan West regarded the one hanging over the bed he had been in. Ah! He punched it with so much pent-up voice actor rage that the pipe dislodged and clattered to the floor. You know what else is still alive? The spiders. The four friends looked at each other and then at the tank. Two or three of the spiders were lapping up Jesse's blood from the glass. The rest were emerging through the hole to find more.
3: Pest control. Paging pest control, said the TV. Oh, wait. I forgot. Pest control wasn't in the budget,
0: so we had to do it. House. The intact pipes erupted anew flames, devouring beds, carpet, wallpaper, and all.
1: We have to get out of here!
0: Eric screamed.
2: Whoa, ho ho. Come
0: on, fellas.
2: Let's not get carried away now.
0: Uh decor
2: is Yeah. But we can still work with it. Maybe a little accent lighting. Uh throw pillow or two.
0: Eric roared like a Viking and charged the hotel room door. The door stood firm. Eric clutched his shoulder. Not wanting to lose his heroic streak, Jesse also charged the door, but with the same result as Eric. Jonathan West shook his head and dashed for the dislodged pipe. It burned his hands, but his drive to escape was hotter. He drove the lip of the pipe underneath the door's rotting hinges and pried. Several slow, agonizing pops later, the door yielded, and not a second too soon. Nick was the last to cross the threshold, and the hotel room was nothing but a wall of fire behind him. A stainless steel door slid across the opening.
1: Great. Now where are we?
0: said Jonathan. His eyesight gradually adjusted to the dimness of the new room. There were gentle beeps and hums. There were rhythmic hisses like the sound of a respirator. Cylinders of glass tubes stood on a row of shimmering metal tables. The tubes were lit from within. The hell! Jonathan grunted as he leaned in for a closer look. He first thought he was looking at human organs suspended in the fluid behind the glass. But the shape was all wrong and they were too pale. One of the things lunged at Jonathan from inside its prison and he jumped back. That's when it hit him. Those were creatures. They all poured the glass with hundreds of translucent hooked feet. Their mouths were discs full of tiny, milky teeth. Uh, guys,
1: I, I, I don't feel so hot, said Jesse. Well, that's just
4: because we just got out of the...
0: Jonathan turned to see that Jesse's forearm had swollen up to the size of a large cat. A ceiling-mounted television clicked on. "'It looks like your friend needs medical attention. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but all of you
3: do. See all the sweet things behind glass. Pest control is such an easy affair when the pests are in the walls. But it gets complicated when they're underneath your
0: skin.' Jonathan was pouring sweat instantly. "'They
3: like the heat.
0: This means that your time in the hotel room has sped up their growth exponentially.'
3: To make matters worse they carry pods of eggs that hatch as soon as they reach adulthood each of you has one of the little darlings in your body but if you're not quick you'll soon have dozens more and there won't be enough nourishment to go around
0: there was an itch on the back of jonathan's arm he looked and saw a lump that wasn't there earlier as if detecting his attention the lump moved up to the back of his shoulder his brain snapped before he could see the cone of light that clicked on over a cart with a tray of sterile scalpels. Ah! Nick and Eric looked at each other as they felt their own share of creeping movement in their bodies.
2: You get really, really hungry and think one of those little bags of off-brand Cheetos will help, but it doesn't. So you top it off with a roller hot dog? And then feel the need to call the CDC? This is a lot like that, don't you think?
0: Nick mused, far too calmly for Eric's liking.
1: Let's get these things out of us and help
0: the others. Eric said as he grabbed two scalpels and handed one to Nick. By some twisted virtue of biology, the parasites were quick, able to move through tissue as if they were swimming through maple syrup. Everywhere they passed burned and itched but years of guitar playing had honed the precision of Eric's fingers. He caught his parasite with one good stab. The impaled creature thrashed with muffled squeals. Before instinct could stop him, he turned the stab into a slice. The thing's milky body crested the opening, pink with Eric's blood. He squeezed it out like a cyst and stomped it dead on the floor. (coughs) When he saw that Nick had cornered his own unwanted guest, Eric moved to help Jonathan, who was racing in circles, shouting, I hate body horror! I hate body horror! I hate body horror! Hold still, man! But Jonathan wasn't having it. He was too worked up for Eric to calm him down. Parasites pushed through Jonathan's mouth and nostrils and squeezed their way out past his eyes. Jesse, who had long since succumbed to the venom of the spiders, had parasites working their way out of his slack-jawed throat. From there, was a frantic game of whack-a-mole. The newborn parasites streamed towards Eric and Nick, who delivered the best performance of coked-up river dance anyone could have ever seen. But they had an audience of one, the silent captor that loomed on the ceiling mounted monitor. <laughs> After one last screaming stomp from Eric, There were no more squelching bodies on the floor.
2: Nick! Did
0: you get yours? Nick showed off the reddening incision on the back of his forearm.
2: No, but he got his... No. wait, never mind. I misunderstood. Yeah,
0: I got mine. Eric bent with his hands on his knees, fighting for his breath. Reality caught up with him as his eyes were drawn to the ruined forms of Jonathan and Jesse.
2: No, man, come on,
0: this can't... His voice shuddered. Their moment of grief was interrupted by another door sliding open. Jazzy piano music drifted in. Nick patted Eric on the shoulder.
2: Let's go before those things in the
0: tubes somehow get free. The exit opened into a dim bar. An unoccupied piano sat on a lit stage and the keys moved on their own. The silhouette from the television screens was behind the bar, robed and hooded, pouring amber liquid into a gallery of shot glasses. A large white name tag said, Hi, my name is Lloyd. The figure turned to face Eric and Nick. You're proving to be very resourceful for voice actors, it chuckled. Fury surged through Eric's brain, and he moved to leap over the bar, but Lloyd drew a pistol and fired. It wasn't a bang. It was a (coughs) thwap. A large dart protruded from Eric's stomach as his vision swam. Another thwap announced that Nick didn't dodge successfully either. Drinking. What a way to both forget your troubles and create some new ones, hmm?
3: Said Lloyd. We're going to find out how well you gentlemen can hold your liquor, because your life depends on it. You've just been injected with a chemical compound that ignites when it makes contact with the tissues of the brain. Only two of these shot glasses contain the base that will neutralize the
0: compound.
3: You might want to start knocking them back, as they say.
0: Eric staggered over to the bar and eyed the two long row of shot glasses.
1: Okay, Nick. The odds are against us here, but I figure if we each start at
0: one end... He took one shot and, oh, God, how it burned. (coughs) He coughed and sputtered and wiped the tears from his eyes, bracing for another one. But there wasn't another one. They were all empty. Nick had double-fisted the shots and gulped them down like water in the time that it took Eric to survive the first. He gawked at Nick with huge eyeballs. A moment later, they flew out of his head. His skull exploded in a cloud of green fire. Nick shrugged as brains splattered his shirt. As Eric continued to watch a mix of impressed and concerned furrowing his brow while also raising an eyebrow, Nick looked up from his competition, drinking to ask simply, What? How does it feel to win? Lloyd said as he sauntered towards Nick, who started backing up. Now, now, don't be shy. Only the real evil idol could have
2: survived all that. Uh, no thanks. Uh, Social distancing.
0: No worries. Lloyd said and paused for half a second. He then reached behind his back. There was a flash of steel. Nick's vision blurred. When it was clear, he saw his arm on the floor and Lloyd was holding an oversized machete. Lloyd then picked up Nick's severed arm, stood back six feet, and shook the hand.
2: Wait! What? But... You said I had won. It sure looked that way, didn't it?
3: What other outcome could there have been? You were the last one standing, right? You were certain of winning. It turns out you lost by a very, very, very slim margin.
0: Lloyd slapped Nick with the open palm of Nick's own hand. (coughs) Ow! Victory was yours, and then it was wrenched away from you. You are robbed. plundered. Lloyd proceeded to backhand Nick with his own hand. He then threw his hood back. Whatever face Nick was expecting to see, it wasn't the blood-speckled face of the woman who grinned at him.
4: Oh my god. You're... You're... That's right. Justine Anastasia. The rightful Evil Idol winner of 2018. I should have won. But no, I was shy by a single vote. Did you vote for me, Nick? Hmm? You don't need two hands to make one vote.
0: Nick's thoughts were getting muddy.
4: I think... I... I think we should start seeing other people.
2: It's not you. It's me. And and fear of... Commitment.
4: Oh, and my
2: substantial blood loss.
0: Justine smirked.
4: That's really humorous, Nick.
0: She tore the upper bone from Nick's severed arm and snapped it into two jagged halves. In an instant, both halves were lodged in Nick's eyes.
4: Uh Uh He
0: staggered back and slumped against the wall.
4: Nick, Nick, Nick. I said that only the true evil idol was leaving this place alive.
0: She took out a packet of wet wipes and rubbed down her arms and hands before reaching into her robe and pulling out a crown made of glittery golden
4: poster (laughs) board. All hail the queen! She cackled. I am the one and only true evil idol. And yes, I know you can all hear me. I know you're all thinking you could win my crown if you had the chance. So what's stopping you? Evil Idol is back, and I'm a good sport. Most days. Feel free to participate in Evil Idol 2023, if you dare.
1: Well there you have it folks, a gruesome scene seven plus years in the making. I'm guessing that when Nick, Jonathan, Jesse and Eric signed up for our Evil Idol voice acting competition all those years ago they hadn't considered that they might have to shall we say defend their titles or that they would be dying to give up their titles this year <laughs> fortunately i don't have to worry about our good friend justine or would she prefer to be called lloyd from now on <laughs> because i'm steve mother Taylor, and I've been the voice of this channel and its podcast since our beloved serial killer was listening to the Backstreet Boys and fawning over her middle school crush. (laughs) And my middle name may as well be irreplaceable. (laughs) All jokes aside, we here at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights have an important announcement for you. Justine wasn't kidding, Evil Idol is really back, and it all starts Monday, November 27th, 2023, with a special twist. This year, we've already chosen 12 competitors to compete against one another. Brand new talents with brand new never-before-heard stories to make your blood run cold and entertain you well beyond the spooky season and into the new year. The name of this year's competition is also quite fitting, considering it's been a few years since we've hosted the program. Without further ado, we present to you... Evil Idol Resurrection! But, dear listeners, we've got a very special surprise in store this year. In 2023, we've left a spot open for one of you. That's right, you. And we need willing sacrifice uh, participants to throw their hats into our chamber of horrors for a chance to win. There's just one catch. The lucky 13th spot can only be claimed by someone in our audience with zero prior voice acting experience. Luckily, singing in the shower or that time you played a sheep in your church's Christmas nativity scene play doesn't count all you need to do by midnight central time on sunday november twelfth, is send us an email with a vocal recording of yourself and in two minutes or less explain why you should have the opportunity to compete in this year's evil idol competition as our lucky 13th wildcard candidate along with the vocal recording please include your name phone number if applicable your email address, a short written bio, and a headshot photograph suitable for use in your profile. If you happen to be chosen, the subject line should read, Evil Idol Resurrection Wild Card Audition. The production team here at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights will choose one contestant at random out of those interested and we will cover the cost to have you record at a local studio so that you can sound your very best when going toe to toe with the other voice talents in the competition. Not only that, but you'll be teamed up at absolutely no cost to you with one of the stellar authors on our team to craft a custom tale in collaboration that will highlight your talents and if you so choose, incorporate your ideas. So, if you've been dying for an opportunity to be part of her channel and podcast for some time now and aren't afraid of Justine adding you to her body count, should you threaten to take her crown, then, by all means, buckle up. Tell us why you ought to be part of this storied event in 2023 and hit that send button. What's the worst that could happen? Well, now. Who could this be at this hour?
4: <laughs>
1: Justine?
4: Why, hello, Steve.
1: Why, uh, what are you doing here, Justine? Aren't you supposed to be, uh, in a Connecticut?
4: No, I'm right where I'm supposed to be.
1: I, um, um, I, um. Uh... What's
4: the matter, Steve? Cat got your tongue? You're not afraid of little old me, are you?
1: Of course not. We've been friends for years. I would never... It's
4: okay to be scared, Steve. You should be. Well, now
1: hold on a minute. What are you doing here, Justine? What do you want?
4: I want more, Steve.
1: More what? You've already crowned yourself queen, Justine. Everyone heard what you did to the Evil Idol winners a minute ago to Nick, Jonathan,
4: Jesse. Or- right, right. Eric. Not the only loser to ever fail in that competition but come out of it with his own show afterwards.
1: You sound bitter, Justine. No, actually, you know what? You sound jealous.
4: Jealous? Ha! <laughs> ha! Huh. I'm not jealous, Steve. That would suggest they were better than me. But we all know that's not true.
1: I don't know. The numbers don't lie, Justine.
4: Yes, they do, Steve. The numbers lied.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Calm down. Calm down.
4: The competitions were rigged and everyone knows it. I would have won if it weren't for people and judges like you.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like me? What are you talking about, Justine?
4: You know exactly what I'm talking about, Steve, and stop calling me Justine.
1: Gee, sorry. What do you prefer to be called,
4: ma'am? You can call me Queen. Queen Justine. And like I said, I want more, Steve.
1: What more could you possibly want? Everyone is dead, Just. Excuse me, Queen Justine.
4: Well... Not everyone is dead, Steve.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey now, back up. Don't come any closer.
4: You said you weren't scared before, Steve. But I'll bet you will be.
1: No, stop. I'll do anything that you want. Just tell me what you want and it's yours.
4: Anything, huh?
1: Just name it. Just name it.
4: Yes, I want your show.
1: You want my, my, my show?
4: Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. I want it. Give it to me.
1: The podcast? But I've hosted for years. You, you can't just, I can't, Craig would never allow this to happen. This to happen. You can't do this, Justine.
4: Tisk tisk, Steve. Craig isn't here. And even if he was, he certainly didn't stop me from taking out his pathetic little champions, now, did he? And besides, I'm not asking for the show. I'm telling you, I want the show. And when Queen Justine decides she wants something, she takes it. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> no! Goodbye, Steve. You had a good run. (laughs) Not as good as mine will be, and you will not be missed. As for you, dear listeners, don't forget to tune in next week, Monday, October 30th, 2023, on the eve of Halloween, to hear history be made. And witness justice prevail as I ascend to my throne as the rightful winner of Evil Idol and remake Chilling Tales in my image. The women of the horror-narrating community will no longer be denied their rightful place as winners of this stage. Next week, the episode is on my terms, with stories written by women and voiced by and featuring nothing but women, because every queen needs her court. And though Steve may be... Indisposed... (laughs) The show must go on. So by all means, if you've got the guts, apply for this year's Evil Idol Resurrection competition. Who knows? If you manage to best your competition, perhaps I'll be waiting for you after you're done. And we can see who's really got what it takes to survive. Until then... Turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Evil Idol has returned, and so have I. Long live the Queen!